Hello, and welcome to another Root Issues. I'm Chris, and I'm here with Steve today, and we're going to gather around this table and discuss the generational gap and the root issues that are in our world. Today, we're going to be looking at In His Image, Real Freedom, which is coming out of a series that Steve started two Sundays ago called Foundations, and he's taking us to the foundations of how do we live in this world's culture. Yeah, like you said, back to the garden. Yeah, back, back to the garden. garden. Yeah, like we've you know said, if we get the you know if we get Genesis one, two, and three wrong, we get everything wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's that that's the start and the foundation. It's all there, the gospel, everything. And um, so we're gonna journey in the weeks ahead into that. Yeah. This last Sunday, though, we dove in on this the the sixth day of creation and mm-hmm. the highlight of all of God's creation, uh, which was uh, male and female created yeah. in, in His image, in His before image. Him. And this powerful idea of being created in the image of God and just what that means mm-hmm. and, and how it, it, it's so needed today for the church to shore up this absolute foundational understanding. If we get confused about that, yeah. which we are, obviously, as a culture, then, um, boy, uh, the consequences, which we looked at in Romans mm-hmm. 1, we won't do that on this podcast. I encourage you to go back and watch the message, get the details. But God's word, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there, but God's word could not be any clearer about how he beautifully created male and he beautifully created female, both in his image. Um, and in chapter 2, Genesis brings them together to be one, uh, to be this beautiful picture of unity, uh, to to uh, to start a family, right, and have children. And Because mm-hmm. God wants a family, and yeah. that's the whole point of this thing. He wants us to be in his family, and uh, just like in the garden, walking and talking with Adam and Eve. Uh, and then, of course, in chapter 3, we get to the fall, and uh, Adam and Eve wanted to exchange that image, that that glorious picture for uh, for something else yeah. right, that they Absolutely. could create on their own, that they thought freedom was, I am going to try to form my own identity, same lie that's out there today, uh-huh. rather than know that f- real freedom, real blessing is for me. Jesus said, come follow me, deny yourself, mm-hmm. pick up your cross. In other words, come. I'm going to show you who you really are. I'm going to bring alive this image of God, the glory of God, um, the likeness of Jesus inside you. And that's what we need to restore in the church today. And and that starts with this very dirty, nasty word that no one wants to adhere to, but conformity. Mm. Conforming to what God says about you, conforming to what his word says about how does the kingdom of God work in our world. In our fallen world, the kingdom of God is still here and we're to operate in that kingdom and not so much in this kingdom. And so this this brings me to my first question where I want us to kind of jump in at is, how does a person move into the identity that God has given them versus what the culture is giving them? It's a great question. And I, I think it really that's just a, another, I think that might be a, a great way today, especially in the culture, to just... Uh, ask the question, how is somebody reconciled to God? Saved, yeah. right? I mean, because totally. that's what happens when we meet Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does, right? Mm-hmm. Is that he brings transformation. No longer are we being conformed to the ways of the world, Romans 12 says, but we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind to get the image that God created us to be in, which is after yeah. his likeness, right? Uh, which is pretty amazing. And that's the whole idea of holiness and pursuing discipleship just so we can become like christ mm-hmm. he is the image he is the model for us right the yeah. perfecter of our faith that we're to set our eyes on this is how we're to live this is the goal this is what i the, the we're to set our eyes on is mm-hmm. to be like him please him 
But as you said, in our culture today, there is no model. Nobody, there's no model out there, no. right? It's just pick it, whatever you want. You, you yeah. just choose to be who you want, and and everything else down to the core of your identity. And um, and boy, uh, we're reaping obviously the consequences of that. Yeah. Um, and again, Romans one, these are strong words, but uh, God says that His wrath is the evidence um, in a culture where we continue to suppress the truth of mm-hmm. God's image. And, uh, and the truth of his word. And God, only he turns, it says over three times that he turns us over to uh, reprobate ways and uh, as part of his judgment. Yeah. Right? And that should be a sign, right, to everyone. Think this is not normal. This is not natural, yeah. as the word says, what's going on. And it is uh, putting people in bondage. And um, when there's such freedom, there's yeah. such uh, the gospel, uh, seeing there's God with open arms and love uh, and forgiveness to to uh, bring the fractured, the broken, the confused, uh, and that's what salvation is is all about, right? Which is is this the spirit of God coming inside mm-hmm. us and and opening our eyes, right, to see afresh and new the love of God and the beautiful glory of God and what God has for us that He has a beautiful plan for our life mm-hmm. and He created us. He knows us better than anybody else. And boy, to be a child to rest mm-hmm. in His arms. Uh, and that's our goal. That, that's that's our mission is to love people to God, uh, to show them the love of God and what he has for them, uh, especially in light of this culture. But I, I think the question how uh, – um, go back, read that question yeah, again. Here, here's the question again. Mm-hmm. It says, how does a person move into the identity that God has given them versus what the culture is giving them? So, I mean, there's so many levels here, right? Yeah. Again, this is the, the – primary role of a parent right to with their children is is to give them a model a vision of who they are to become yeah uh, it, it, it is not this idea of, of parenting of hey just go find yourself right is yeah. uh that that is dangerous we'll find mm-hmm. that nowhere in scripture right yeah. uh, all the way back to the core deuteronomy in the old testament was bind the word of god on your forehead and your, you know yeah. teach these to your children all the time, no matter mm. if you're at the table or walking, talking, yeah. right, is teach them the beauty of God's word, his blessings and his promises for their life, uh, and teach them to walk with him. So uh, it, it should be, that's the very foundation of what biblical parenting, what God intended for parents, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think the other quick thing, there's so many things I think we could say here would be just, but maybe for some of our listeners, um, and, and I'm specifically speaking in the church because we've got to get this yeah. figured out inside the church first, right? Is uh, is this void of discipleship? Is it mm-hmm. starts where I have to follow Jesus? He says, "Come deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me." And the Great Commission is go make disciples, mm-hmm. right? Teaching them everything Jesus taught them, and uh, and this in uh, Jesus model with the yeah. twelve. And so I need to put myself with some men yeah. where I'm accountable, where I am. They can ask questions, mm-hmm. right? And and this word holds each other accountable to man. What is form? Am I being conformed to the world, or mm-hmm. am I being transformed by the Spirit into God's likeness? Yeah. That is the qu- the core question that we should gather around in discipleship as we crack open the Word. Mm-hmm. The problem today is that we go to Bible studies, we go to you know felt need classes, and all these things that are good. But yeah. is anyone ever getting down to the soul with each mm-hmm. other? Of what we really believe, who yeah. are we really trusting? Yeah. What is what? What are the deci- How am I really living? How am I behaving in light of what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. believe, yeah. right? Uh, and that takes disciple. That takes a context yeah. of of deep discipleship, just what Jesus again modeled for us. And I mean, you hit on that on Sunday, just talking about you know truth and love. 
like you know that we as followers of Christ are supposed to be able to speak truth and love. Yeah. Even God comes to us and speaks truth and love. I mean, we don't feel the pounding that we fully probably deserve yeah. from God, from our mistakes, from our wrong choices and like I'm going to take this part from my identity today because that's what I'm feeling. You know, God should smack me and be like, "Boy, that's not how I raised you." You know. Right. But I, I I think that there's this loss because you use the word salvation. And I think there's this loss because I think somehow in time and through culture, Satan has put a period on salvation. And then as the church in America, we've put a period on salvation. Like you walk down the aisle. I remember growing up for me, it was like, I'm going to leave the pew. I'm going to walk down the aisle. I'm going to confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Then they're going to throw me in a tank, a tank that's very cold, and they're going to baptize me because the faith I grew up in, baptism had to happen then. Yeah. Otherwise, there was no ceiling, sure. you know. And so they're going to get it all done in one fell package. They're not going to have it in a couple of months, you know. They're going to do it right then and there. And so, um, and and you thought about it in Texas, like, well, is it a thunderstorm out there today? Because I don't want to be in a tank of water if it's lightning. Maybe today's not the day for salvation. Next Sunday, it won't be raining and thundering. But the process was, I'm saved, period. And I I think there's a loss in this salvation is a growing and a growth in us that takes us from what our identity has become from the culture, from our parents, if it was guided well or not guided well, to now God is speaking identity into us because we are truly his child, and it doesn't end. Yeah. It continues until, boom, we're either in his presence because our life here has ended, or he's returned and we're in his presence. Yeah. But we got to take the period off of salvation because I think everybody wants to just put a period there and say, I've got it, I can't lose it, I can go do whatever I want to do now. Yeah, I, I think I, you know, I can relate to what you're talking about is I, I, to put it in kind of maybe simple words, I, I think we grew up, and I think many people see salvation, the idea of putting a period on it as, as a transaction. Uh-huh. I did that. I said that prayer. Mm-hmm. I, I, I went through VBS or whatever. And, yeah. Uh, I went to camp and gave my life to God. Absolutely. did it on Sunday morning, whatever. Um, rather than, it's not transaction. It's a transformational process, a mm-hmm. relationship yeah. with God, walking and talking with God. And... Um, we're always learning, right? And always, there, he's inexhaustible, right? So, mm-hmm. the, uh, in, in that, and this is what the scripture, Paul says very clearly in Philippians, work out your salvation mm-hmm. with fear and trembling, right? This is the reality, the awe, right? Realizing uh-huh. that the very presence of God is inside you, mm-hmm. right? Having fellowship with your spirit and transforming you into the likeness of Christ. That's That should overwhelm us, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Uh, with the reality of what we're, what salvation is all about, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah. So can we, can we stretch it? Mm. And I don't even know if it's stretching. I'm just going to throw it out there, but you know, he says to work out your salvation in fear and trembling. Okay. So could it be a process of work out your identity, who you are with fear and trembling? Absolutely. In the sense that now the transact, the transformational work of salvation is speaking new identity into us. Because I mean, if we go back to your in my days and age, you know, conformity was the norm. You were in if you conformed. You were out if you didn't. And that was what spoke into our identity. Like, people could speak into us and be like, yo, bro, that was wrong. Yeah. 
And right. you, you could be shamed publicly. Absolutely. That was wrong. Right. Those things are no longer in the culture. Like they're, you know, they're it's there when it's convenient for them, but and the major norm, what is pushed is all things are acceptable. Right. You know, like there's one rule. You can't hurt somebody physically and you can't hurt somebody emotionally. That's like one rule. Like don't bring hurt on people. But if you identify as a cat, you're a cat. If you identify, you know, as this person or that person or a them versus a he or a she, that's acceptable and it has to be accepted. And so... In today's culture, youth, and even for us, it's yeah. being pushed on us that we have to be accepting of everything. Right. And if you're accepting of everything, then there is no need mm-hmm. for truth and love. Right. Right. There's no, there is no truth There's because no. it's it's you a free. Yeah, you right. create it yourself, which has led us into this mm-hmm. chaos. You know, and everybody is like trying to figure out what's going on with the world. Well, it is the wrath of God. Now, you thought the wrath of God was a smack on the face and a complete wipeout of existence, but it's this progressive order of will we wake up and say no more chaos? God is order, and within order, to order there's conformity, and within conformity there's the image of God. Yeah, again, back to Romans 1, that just couldn't be any clearer, right, is that three times, right, because of suppressing the truth, whether it's culture or whether it's church or anything in the world nation, right, is that God, uh, he says three times, I'll hand them, first thing he says, I I first will hand them over to um, impurity. Mm -hmm. And then he says, I'll hand you over to unnatural relations, Mm -hmm. right? So impurity just runs wild, right? And then finally he says, I'll hand you over to debased mind. Mm-hmm. And where you can't even think straight or rationally, yeah. we're deep in. I mean, yeah. this is we're deep in Romans one mm-hmm. right now as a nation, and and I think the church we're, we're we're back on our heels, right? We're so scared to to offend and not affirm, and rather than obey God, mm-hmm. which is uh, to speak the truth in love. Now, what I will say is we gotta we gotta first get this right again mm-hmm. as the church, yeah. right? Uh, before we're able to be effective yeah. witnesses, loving witnesses, bold witnesses out there in the culture. And inside the church, I think one of the big things we have to, we must, right, to turn this identity thing around, to bring a, uh, a maturity, a deepness to our discipleship, right, is, and, and really understand what it means to uphold the truth, is uh, we, ha- we have to get rid of this, this very subtle lie um, that loving people is affirming them, mm-hmm. right? Now, it's only loving if you're affirming things that God affirms in yeah. you, right? And so the lie that has crept right into the church is this idea that I'm loving someone, uh, I must affirm them. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, uh, boy, if it's if that person is doing, a child or friend, whatever, yeah. is doing something that God does not affirm, then to love them truly, right, is to call that out, mm-hmm. right, to call the truth out in love and to, and to say, I can't affirm that because God doesn't affirm that. That's mm-hmm. not best for you. That's not God's best blessing for you. That will only bring you under the curse of God and the, the ramifications yeah. that are clear throughout all Scripture. Um, that has to, we have to uh, um, recover that, I think, mm-hmm. in the church. And this is back to your question about how do we do that? How do we... How do we speak How do we truth live in love? his identity, truth and love? Yeah, and, and this idea of truth and love. And, and it starts with just, again, back to the equipping, the discipleship, that we, our lens that we look at things with. It must be scripturally informed, not culturally, right? Mm-hmm. This must be the first and foremost, the scripture. 
and uh, and, uh, and desiring to please them. Notice when, and, and this can only happen if we're in intimate kind of close quarters discipleship and mm-hmm. really trying to know somebody's heart, you know, or, or with my children. I, I want to yeah. know their heart. And, and ultimately, I want to know, but do they desire to please God? Is that is that what's at the, the motivation? Or mm-hmm. they just want to try to skate around, they know the right answer to get out and mm-hmm. whatever it is. And that's formation, spiritual formation, trusting in God's spirit to move is that changing of the heart. Yeah. Right? Returning a heart says, I want to please God more mm-hmm. than anything else, more than my flesh, more than culture, more than anything. I want to please God. Yeah. And I want to submit to his word because as hard as it is, and, and it might be radically against culture, is I know it's best. And, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, and, and I want to honor God above yeah. all else, right? And I mean, when you, when you think about that, though, like when you think about truth and love, like you have to be able to receive it if you want your identity to be formed and based out of God. Because even if God comes to us and says, you're not believing, mm-hmm. and one of the truths you brought up on Sunday was, do we really believe that God wants to bless us? Yeah. When his word tells us that that's his heart for us, his heart is to bless us, his heart is to give us good things, to show us good life, to let us yeah. be in freedom in our identity in him, not questioning every day, like, do I have the right haircut? Am I wearing the right clothes? Should I have different clothes? And what do I need to compete in the world? And I think the prodigal son is yeah. it's just a beautiful picture of that. Like, like it's a beautiful picture of so much of the gospel in God's heart is the father. When the son demanded his inheritance, right, that was, remembering culturally speaking, that, that would be like the son saying, Dad, I wish you were dead mm-hmm. so I could just yeah. have your stuff. And, and, and again, the father gave it to him early. Again, goes against a cultural thing. Yeah. But the father didn't chase the son. No. The son went off, and it says, and, and used all that money in all the ways of the world. The older brother said it was mm. in prostitutes and everything else, right, until he, he lost it all. Yeah. And the father never chased him down. He never mm. chased He didn't write any more checks. Yeah. He didn't continue to enable his son. He didn't save him out of the pigsty. He didn't, he didn't even know if he was alive. Yeah. He waited. He prayed. We see that his arms are open, while waiting, mm. expecting his son to return. And then, right, the beauty of that story is one day, uh, because he got so low in the consequences of his sin mm-hmm. and what the world did to him, that he turned, came to his senses. And this is repentance. Yeah. This is, this is, as you were saying, right, this awakening to the truth, a turning to God's mm-hmm. truth, and it is acknowledging, right, that I, I've been trying to create my own image, manage yeah. my own image, right, and I've embraced the things of the world, and I mm-hmm. need to turn back to the Father, knowing His arms are open wide, He's ready to receive me, love yeah. me, and lavish upon me again His blessing. But that young, the prodigal, he stepped outside the blessing of God. He yeah. was under the curse of God, the curse of the world. Though at first he, he was living for a while, well, he, yeah. he, he was loving it, right? And, uh, but he stepped outside the house of God, the blessing of God. And, um, and a loving father, Hebrews 12, says that God disciplines his children. And a father is not loving who does not discipline his children. Mm-hmm. And today, we're, we, we've equated loving as enabling and entitling mm-hmm. and affirming things, yeah. certain things that God doesn't affirm. And that is not loving yeah. you know, at all. Um, and so we, ha- we have to start at home to really, I think, restore some of those things. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when you think about, like, being able to receive truth and love, it's like, Sometimes my kids will speak the purest truth and love to me, and they may not always deliver it with a lot of love, but they make me think, like, ah, you know, did I get that wrong? Like, are they right? Like, I have to process it, and I think so much of our culture today causes us not to process 
and just assume like where we're at is good and what I'm believing is good even though we're not seeing the bigger picture. I mean, in our day, like I said, you, you would get thrown off the island if you didn't conform. You were praised if you did good. If you did something bad, you could be, like, outcasted and put aside. And so there were those norms, but those have been removed. So our children today are facing a world that says anything goes, and they're being left to figure out their own identity. Yeah. There's a phrase out there that's been going around, and it's it's a little old, but it's not too old. But it says, if you are not outraged, you are not paying attention. Yeah. Be woke. you know. And so that's that movement out there that everything that's going on that the world and the culture says is unjust, mm-hmm. we should be outraged by. Mm-hmm. you know. But what you said a while ago brought me to think about this was, you were talking about salvation and you were talking about your spirit in conjunction with God's spirit living as one inside of us, guiding us to his eternal blessings, to his freedom, which says when we are living right with him, we're free. Free. And then that's real free. Yeah. And so I kind of rewrote that and I said, if you're not in awe, you're not paying attention, which kind of goes back to your title last week, staying in awe. Like if we're not in awe, of how much God is loving us if we're not paying attention. Um, I just finished a book by John Eldridge talking about getting your life back, and he, he spends a great deal of time on this one chapter of just like, do we really take time out of the day and say, God, I love you, yeah. and, and acknowledge the awe that he's given us and acknowledge mm-hmm. the blessings he's given us because he's making this point like, yeah. are you just living in salvation or are you living in relationship? Because relationship requires a hey, communication and right. he's constantly telling us i love you and, and it's a window into yeah. our heart mm-hmm. that how are we speaking to god throughout the day yes that's a window into our heart yeah. it's a window into our mm-hmm. faith and our relationship with god and that's also a window for a parent to get into mm-hmm. with their children how are they talking to god mm-hmm. right? and and that's identity like if total, we know we're god's child then yes. we have that identity speak to out of our speak identity. to god right. and we speak out of our identity exactly but if right. we're still just a product of the culture then there's still so much confusion we don't even know yeah. what to speak to god the last point yeah. I'll throw out is just just for hope for us. I just mm-hmm. love you know the, all the stories, but the one that comes to my mind, especially in this day and age, we talk about how tough culture is and everything. But look at look at back at ancient Babylon. It was mm-hmm. a horrible, oh. just <laughs> ugly, evil empire, right? Mm-hmm. And you have Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, four teenagers. They stood for God. Their faith as teenagers. They cha- they, they stood as pillars. They mm-hmm. they they uh, made a stand in the midst of uh, Babylon on their faith to please God over anything else, even at the cost of their own yeah. lives. And uh, boy, look at the the yeah. impact right that God was able to have. And uh, boy, God has Daniel, Shadrach, mm-hmm. Meshach, and Abednego. He has youth, boys and girls, and young men and women who. Um, are in awe of the gospel. Mm-hmm. God's just waiting to come, right, and to bring that image alive, and for them to just be yeah. uh, very fruitful in this in this day and age. And uh, that's what we need to restore: is that awe mm-hmm. of the gospel. Yeah. Right? It, it, it is. It is what genuinely brings real freedom mm-hmm. and real liberation, uh, and true image and identity to uh, to our souls. And uh, boy, we have the answer. You know, yeah. I, I think that's the thing is we need to get off of our heels. We need to get out there, truth and love, to mm-hmm. a culture that's growing more and more desperate for answers mm-hmm. that make sense, right, yeah. and that are true. Yeah, totally. And the last thing I would say is, like, God heart, 
God's heart breaks for the lost yeah. because they're lost. Jesus said, I look at them and they're like sheep without a shepherd. You know, and as we attain God's identity in us, then we are hurt, not offended. We're hurting for the lost, and we know we have the answer. And so then you administer truth and love in that sense. But first, we've got to be able to receive truth and love and grow in our relationship and our identity in God and then be able to do that within the church so that then we are secure in that identity and then we can go be a light in the world. But, hey, thanks so much for tuning in to your midweek jolt. If you ever need to get in touch with us, you can always reach us at rootissues at ccaspen.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let us know anything you want to hear about or any comments or thoughts. Thanks so much.